0: PRB Magazine Presents When Recreational Water Illnesses Threaten Splash Pad Fun Written by Jeffrey Spivy Read by Sophia Butler Splash pads are a hallmark of summertime family fun for communities across the country, typically free to use and open to the public. They're an accessible and affordable way to keep children entertained when school's out. Many parents also look to splash pads as a safer alternative to pools. Visitors can engage in relatively carefree play without water safety concerns. But that doesn't mean splash pads are without risks. For park goers and park officials overseeing splash pads, recreational water illnesses are an urgent, ongoing concern. How germs spread at splash pads? The universal appeal of splash pads and spray grounds is what ultimately drives the risk of public illness. Splash pads are unique aquatic venues as they have a variety of interactive water features that attract people of all ages, especially those under the age of five years, says Duana Grant, waterborne disease coordinator for Abama Public Health. When kids and adults play in splash pads, germs, poop, pee, and dirt can rinse off their bodies and shoes. Grant says that sprayed water also rinses debris, such as human or animal feces, dirt, and leaves from splash pad surfaces— The result is an environment ripe for the spread of germs. Recreational water illnesses tend to be gastrointestinal, though skin irritation is possible, says Grant. The most common pathogens are cryptosporidium, a microscopic parasite that primarily causes diarrhea, Shigella, a bacteria that causes diarrhea, fever and stomach cramps, and Giardia, a tiny parasite that spreads via contaminated soil, food, and water. According to the CDC, other possible health problems include eye and ear pain, coughs, and congestion. In short, an afternoon frolicking around a splash pad can lead to some serious complications. Thus, park officials are tasked with the tremendous responsibility of keeping this popular summer pastime safe for all visitors, a challenge many leaders are tackling head-on. Cleaning, maintenance, and partnerships Protecting park visitors' health and safety often requires collaboration with local health agencies. We work in consultation with the Johnson County Department of Health and Environment, says Meg Ralph, communications manager for the city of Overland Park. CA, the Department of Health and Environment, inspects public water spaces and monitors community illnesses. Based on its professional recommendations, the parks department's safety efforts can vary. For example, Ralph says in the past, Park leaders have turned splash pads off to prevent residents from gathering and spreading disease. Even general health guidelines, not specifically geared toward recreational water use, provide proper guardrails for safety measures. We, of course, follow recommendations of public health departments, such as not going into public spaces when you are sick, says John Burns, Recreation Superintendent for Parks Recreation in Sioux City, Iowa. That is one of the best ways to prevent any illness from spreading. Local partnerships aside, one of the most critical factors in preventing recreational water illnesses at splash pads involves the water source itself. Some splash pads use a constant flow of fresh water, while others use recirculated water. Grant says that recirculating water systems present a higher risk of illness, especially if industry best practices aren't followed. This isn't a problem for burns. All six of our city's splash pads don't use recirculated water, he says. That means there's no requirement to test the water for chlorination or chemical levels, and maintenance is more focused on physical safety and equipment longevity as opposed to disinfecting. Similarly, in Overland Park, Ralph says during normal splash pad operations, fresh water is constantly circulating through the splash pads, minimizing the risk of any disease transmission. The city hasn't seen any spread of public illness at its three splash pads. Located in Roe Park, Sapling Grove Park, and Thompson Park. For splash pad operators using recirculated water, however, Grant says practices should be followed as outlined in the Model Aquatic Health Code located on the CDC's official website. Cleanliness and sanitary routines are of the utmost importance in these instances. Still, that rings true at most splash pads. Even when they use fresh water, Overland Park's pads are all relatively new and unique. Row Park Splash Pad opened in 2016 and boasts a stomp-button-activated children's play area, among other features. The pad at Sapling Grove Park opened the following year with gentler water features for younger kids. And the Thompson Park Pad, which opened in 2020, includes a circular series of jets for a fountain-like effect. To keep the splash pads in pristine shape and safe for everyday use, they are regularly pressure washed. Strainer baskets are used to collect debris and the baskets are checked and serviced daily. These practices align with sanitation efforts common at other parks. Bloomington Min Recreation Supervisor David Benson oversees the Cedar Crest Park Splash Pad, which his team sanitizes using standard cleaning solutions. They also regularly clear debris from the area. These ongoing procedures have effectively prevented the spread of recreational water illnesses among the pad's visitors beyond cleaning, Additional maintenance tasks help keep splash pads safe, minimizing the risk of accidents and the potential for bodily fluid exposure that may accompany such accidents. Some of Overland Park's pads feature colored concrete, which is already designed with an extra gritty surface to prevent slips and falls. Each year, these surfaces are stained again with a non-slip stain prior to reopening. In the off-season, the pads are also properly winterized. Additionally, long-term maintenance and equipment upkeep, like that used by Barney's team in Sioux City, can play a role in general safety and accident or injury prevention. With so many elements to juggle during seasonal use and in the off-season, risk reduction largely falls on the shoulders of parks departments, a joint safety effort. While it's crucial that splash pads are properly maintained and routinely disinfected, parkgoers must also look out for one another. Grant suggests splash pad users adhere to the CDC's guidance regarding safe water play. These guidelines include participants showering for at least one minute before entering any body of water or water feature, providing kids with regular bathroom breaks or diaper checks during water play, and informing kids to stay home if they are sick with diarrhea. Also, during water playtime, splash pad users should avoid swallowing water, sitting or standing on spray jets, and defecating or peeing in the water. Many of these restrictions overlap with what's expected at public swimming pools. Besides cleaning, maintenance, and debris removal at parks, Ralph says some safety efforts actually start before splash pads are open to the public. During construction, make sure you are following local building codes and best practices regarding outdoor play equipment and water play, she says. These include the use of gritty concrete and grounding systems. When in doubt, Ralph says park leaders should reach out to local health officials. Keeping parkgoers safe and healthy requires an equal focus on hygiene and maintenance, and also knowledge sharing among parks and health departments, joint responsibility of park officials and park visitors, and detailed, thoughtful, compliant planning. Jeffrey Spivy is a writer based in Urbandale, Iowa.